you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is episode number 299. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And I hope the Mayans were wrong. Illinois Seventh Circuit Court rules that Illinois' ban on concealed carry was unconstitutional. Duh. Barbara giving us some security tips. Shout out from Ammo Land. AKs from Nova Armament. Why I carry a gun. Buyer's Barrels. Blanchard's Chapel. And just all the love I can give you. Coming up next on your fave or righteous podcast, The Urban Shooter. Shooter Podcast, the podcast that talks about life and tries to encourage folks to 
go on another day. Tries to introduce interesting people, some new products, and uh, all that's good in America. I'm so glad you decided to join me again. I know that's not everybody's bag, but just the cool kids get it, you know? Now, when I originally put this thing together, I was hoping that Mrs. Blanchard would be on the podcast today, but um, she exited stage left on me, said, um, I know you like it quiet, so I'm going to hang out with the girls while you podcast, and I'll be back in a little while. I was like, no, not today. I wanted to have you on the show. So maybe next week for our 300th episode, we'll make the misses on this thing. Hey, if you want to reach me, my number is 888-675-0202. It's toll free. And I subscribe to that number so that you can call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week and leave a message, a greeting, a comment, a critique. Uh, You can have a tip for me, anything. It's there for you. And I actually said this week, if anybody didn't want to give a shout out to the 15,000 of you guys that listen to me, feel free. And I only got one taker. Wow. That's all right. My email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. And you can also send me a note. If you haven't, give me a review on iTunes. Please do. And we're on Stitcher Radio. If you don't want to download and be tethered to your phone or your iPod, you can use the app. It's always there. Stitcher Radio. Look for the Urban Shooter Podcast. Yeah, it's just like that. I am so ready for Christmas. Took me a while to get there, though. I was really dragging butt. Like, you don't even hear a whole lot of Christmas music in the podcast this month. I know. It's because of all the evilness. There's been some crazy stuff every day. And then there's the Christmas tree. I'll tell you about that. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance. How about that? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, it's Christmas time, right? And we have this tree. I bought it. It cost goo gobs of money back 20 years ago. I think I bought it. And it's lifelike. And it's so lifelike, it probably weighs 200 pounds, and it's in our shed. And I have a little red wagon that I drag it from the shed to the house, and then I carry it up like a body in this, like, seven-foot box. And then I have to assemble this thing and try not to let it fall on me again. And I said, the heck with it this year. And the wife wasn't feeling it either, so I was really glad. And then my son was like, we're not going to have a tree for Christmas. And I was like, oh, man, he gave me the, the Bambi eyes. So I went to Rite Aid and bought this tree. It's four foot tall, and it is the ugliest tree you ever wanted to see in the world. It looks bad. I felt bad. But once you put the lights on it, it had lights on it already. Once you put the little bulbs on it and a couple of little things, it didn't look as bad as it did naked, but it's still is a butt ugly tree. But when you cut off the lights and the lights kind of illuminate it, then it's, it get, you get back in the spirit. So as long as you're in the dark, like after everybody goes to bed and we're like walking around, it's like, ah, the Christmas tree. 
But as soon as she cut the lights on, the living room was like, oh, man, that's a homely little tree. But like I said on our name church, Christmas is about Jesus, not about the, all the other stuff. So we finally got there. Hello, Ken. This is Freddie Real with Ammo Land Shooting Sports News. Ken, we just wanted to call and wish you and all your listeners a very happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, and of course, a happy New Year's. From Amalan Shooting Sports News. Oh, that was tight. Thanks, Freddie. Loveamoland.com. If you're like a, a geek and you're trying to learn about social media and how to get your website up, if you just look at Amolam and they like rock, there's like a billion websites in the world and there's ranks up there, which is really cool. Something to learn. Hey, if you still want to get in your shout out to the rest of the listeners on the Urban Shooter Podcast, I'm going to ask you one more time. And I got this idea from Rob. Rob gave it to me and Rob didn't even call. All you got to do is call me at 888-675-0202 before Christmas. And then you can give out your, your, your greeting or say you're Jewish. Give a blessing. Yeah. What if you're nothing? You don't believe in nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can say happy holiday and happy new year. Mm-hmm. You too can participate. Yeah, even you. That's right. Because you know your friend and your brother from another mother is on the square. I'm about America, man. I'm about freedom, baby. I am about you. Plain and simple. Man, I was riding to work this week. This week was a roller coaster. I got emotional. Like a whole bunch of times. I'd sit there. I'd be driving in traffic. It's like a two-hour ride to work. I'm grumbling. And then i think about somebody. About how the emails we've had all year and how they've done stuff for me and how I've tried to help them out and the relationship that we have. And I was like, thank God for, for them. Start tearing up. Got all misty eyes. I was like, wow. Let me quickly. I just sent a quick email or something. It's been like that. For a lot of you guys. And even the ones I didn't text. Because after a while I was like, you know what? I'm say having a hormonal issue or something. It's been like that though. I mean, it even went back further. The, the daughter said, hey dad, let's go and get pedicures and manicures. And I was like, are you kidding me? So off we go to the house of the rising sun. I figured I don't spend enough time with my baby girl. So let's, let's do this thing. I enter into the woman's world and there's all these, I mean, it's a big place. All these um, Asian women. And they said, oh, who's your boyfriend? And she says, that's my father. And it was like giggling and saying, oh, young daddy. So that was like my name in that place. Young daddy. Young daddy sat his big behind down. Lady took his hand and started rubbing on it and cutting the nails and cleaning out stuff. And then she gave me a massage and and I felt like, um, you ever hear when a gas pilot light cuts on? Boom. Yeah. I was hot. 
engine started revving up. I was like, yeah, baby, I am back. Where is the missus? Starts singing Smokey Robinson all over the house and stuff. And then where's she at? Well, that's another story. We'll catch up with her on episode number 300, won't we? Yeah, but another thing. Don't poo-poo the manicure, y'all. Go and get your hands rubbed on. That's some good stuff. I do believe it's time for some good old news. Lots happened. Let's get into it. Thursday, December 13th, 2012. The Metro section of the Washington Post. Arrest in deadly Virginia home invasion. Third person is charged with killing handyman who defended family. The Metro bus driver had reached the end of the 9E route at the Pentagon on Wednesday when a group of people stepped to the door of the bus. They weren't passengers. They were federal marshals. The driver, Stacy L. Reed, 43, of Manassas, was asked to step off, and he was arrested in connection with the high-profile killing of a handyman who died defending a Centerville family from home invaders in 2010, authorities said. Reed, who'd been a Metro bus driver since August, played a key role in a botched conspiracy to burst into the home of the owner of nine Northern Virginia check-cashing stores to rob him of his business proceeds, according to court records. But the family's handyman and the son of the homeowners discovered two armed men, Tashik Champagne and Reynard Prather, in the garage on May 17, 2010. The handyman, Jose Cardona, wrestled a gun away from one of the one of the men, but the second conspirator turned his weapon on the family's mother and demanded that Cardona return the pistol. Cardona complied and was then fatally shot. The Guatemalan immigrant was a father of two and hoped to eventually return to his home, country, build a home, and resume life as a farmer. He was described as a devout Christian. The arrest gives us a lot of relief and a lot of closure, said Belit Brar, a member of the family that was the target of the robbery. We are hoping authorities can finally discover who sent these men to rob our home. Reed allegedly gathered information and planned the robbery with Champagne and then drove Champagne and Prather to a location near the Centerville mansion on the day of the robbery, according to court records. The arrest gives us a lot of relief and a lot of closure, said Baljit Brar, a member of the family that was the target of the robbery. We're hoping authorities can finally discover who sent these men to rob our home. Reed allegedly gathered information and planned the robbery with Champagne and then drove Champagne and Prather to a location near the Centerville mansion for the day of the robbery, according to court records. A fourth unidentified conspirator drove Champagne and Prather away after the failed scheme, according to court documents. Federal authorities declined to discuss how the group learned that the Brar family kept money in their home, but Champagne told Prather that his take would be at least 50000 according to court records. Reed made a brief appearance in federal court on, in Alexandria on Wednesday, but had not been assigned an attorney. He answered a judge's questions, but did not comment on the charge against him. Conspiracy to commit a robbery, which carries a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. He is scheduled for preliminary hearing Monday. His relatives did not return calls for comment. Carolyn Lucas, a Metro spokeswoman, spokeswoman, said Reed will be put on paid leave pending the outcome of the case. 
court records show that Reed has not been convicted of any felonies, but he did file for bankruptcy last year. His arrest comes less than a week after Champagne, 46, of Suitland, pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court in Alexandria to charges of conspiracy to commit murder and armed robbery. He faces a maximum penalty of life imprisonment when he is sentenced in March. Brather, 22, of Oxon Hill, was arrested last year and was sentenced to 30 years in prison on the same charges. On Wednesday morning, Reed, which Reed was driving the 9E route, which runs between Huntington and the Pentagon, Lucas said, after he had pulled a bus into the Pentagon's transit center and let the passengers off, he was approached by the U.S. Marshals who asked him to get off, Lucas said. Reed was taken into custody without incident. A Metro official said transit police and the federal marshals decided the best place to arrest him was at the end of the line instead of along the route, which would have disrupted passengers' trips. In hiring Metrobus drivers or operators, the transit agency runs criminal background checks and requires applicants to have a good driving record, complete a medical check, and have good customer service skills. This is from Justin Jovenal from the WashingtonPost.com. Now, this story got some stuff in it. We got felonious Metro bus drivers. We have a hero Guatemalan immigrant who wrestles a gun away from somebody surrenders the firearm, and then dies. Yeah. We have a home invasion. There's just so many pieces to this. And the one piece I can get out of it is, if you are brave enough to go hand-to-hand and take a gun away from somebody, do not give it up. Second point. I don't know. I got no point to give. But again, this came out of the Washington Post, and it just it made me want to just grab it. I didn't even read it first. I just threw it up here at the news. What kind of stuff we got going on here in the nation's capital? It's a hot mess. So watch out when you go on that bus. You never know who's driving you. Okay, by now you know about the um, the big court case in Illinois. Well, my friend, Jason Coyden Palmer, wrote this for the newsinblack.com. Otis McDonald basking in historic victory that will allow concealed carry in Illinois. The man, whose original lawsuit against the city of Chicago resulted in the U.S. Supreme Court striking down the city's ban on handguns, is celebrating it again after a federal appeals court on Tuesday ruled Illinois' ban on concealed carry unconstitutional. Otis McDonald celebrated with millions of other citizens and received thank yous and well wishes from around the world after the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals two to one ruling. For McDonald, the ruling is a justification of what he and others have been fighting for. In 2010, McDonald successfully defeated the city in a landmark case that laid the groundwork for Tuesday's ruling. The state will now have six months to put together legislation that will allow Illinois residents to a right to keep the right to be able to protect themselves with a handgun while on some other city's most dangerous streets, as well as other areas around the state. McDonald, 71, an active hunter, became fed up after gangbangers in his South Side neighborhood began threatening and targeting him and the house he shares with his wife. A military veteran, 
McDonald's home was broken into several times, and when he would talk or would walk on his block, young teens would curse him and threaten him with bodily harm. McDonald said the police could only do so much, and after a certain point, he decided to stand up for himself. You have to say to yourself, why should I be afraid of this person? The only thing they can do is kill me. I've got one time that, I have come, that I've come time through this world and I have to live in fear, then life ain't worth living. McDonald had harsh words for black legislators who have voted against concealed carry and other gun laws over the years that would have allowed people in black community to protect themselves. He said Chicago continues to suffer from a high murder rate in the black community. He called it a cruel and tragic irony that black lawmakers have been the ones voting against the right for their own constituents to protect themselves. Just last week, State Senator Toy Hutchinson, who is running for this seat in Congress vacated by Jesse Jackson Jr., told a local NBC affiliate that she thinks a concealed carry law in Illinois should be county-specific. Hutchinson's district includes part of Cook and Kankakee counties. She would be in favor of concealed carry in Kankakee, but not so for Cook County. Her comments angered thousands, including lawmakers who stopped just short of calling Hutchinson and other black legislators sellouts when it comes to black people being able to protect themselves. I was down in Springfield numerous times and I couldn't understand where I was because I was lobbying with the black caucus. And I know these people don't believe what they are telling me and I'm not stupid. I've made mention to them that you know better than this, said McDonald on trying to get black lawmakers reasoning for voting down concealed carry at every turn. Why are you doing it when you're representing a black race? Why are you voting for? What have you been told to vote for? Not by your constituents, but by someone else. How can you do that? I haven't spoken as heavenly about that as I am now, he says. But McDonald is sharing more about his experience and the obstacles he had to overcome to win his case in his new book, An Act of Bravery, Otis W. McDonald and the Second Amendment, from Father's Voice Publishing. He said he only agreed to be the lead plaintiff in the lawsuit after he failed in finding people who were willing to help him with the problem he was having on his block with crime. He said he was angered when black people accused him of being used as a pawn by the National Rifle Association. They say, you need a lot of people to make a difference. That's not true, McDonald said. Before I would move, I said this is one time I would give my life if I had to because I hadn't done anything wrong. I'm not going to run. As part of their ruling, the court said Illinois lawmakers will have 180 days to craft a concealed carry law. That could lead to some interesting politics being played and one fears that lawmakers who have been adamantly against concealed carry will try and water down the law. Representative Brandon Phelps from the 118th District said his original House Bill 148 that narrowly missed being passed earlier this year was full of compromises. He said with the court's ruling on Tuesday, people should not expect many concessions with the new bill. McDonald said Cook County legislators will likely try to put some provisions in it for sure. Possibly the type of gun that can be carried or one that may have load limits in Cook County. I'm worried, but I'm happy, said McDonald, about the possibility.
McDonald said because Cook County is a densely populated area with African-Americans, racist and repressive gun laws have been hurting the black community for decades and made honest citizens choose between breaking the law to protect themselves or putting themselves at risk to become prey to predators. He said he is happy because he believes in the end those who have been fighting against empowering the community will lose on all fronts. But in the meantime, he wants to educate more African Americans about the issue. McDonald told of how after Civil War, black soldiers who fought on the Union side were instrumental in the outcome, had to turn in their weapons when the war was over, unlike the white soldiers when they fought alongside. He said it was the genesis of racist gun laws in America that Illinois' ban is the last hurdle that needs to be overcome to eliminate this practice. But like the Supreme Court said in my case, it was wrong 140 years ago and it's wrong today, McDonald said. But I can't get black people in Illinois to see this. McDonald's book, An Act of Bravery, can be purchased online at Amazon and sells for $14.95. The 128-page read was authored by Sue Bowron and Frederick Jones. UCLA professor Adam Winkler said McDonald will go down as an American hero. Like Dred Scott and Homer Plessy, the name Otis McDonald will be remembered for as long as people study the American Constitution. His battle to preserve his right to bear arms led the landmark Supreme Court decision and profoundly shaped the law, Winkler said. This was written by J. Coyton Palmer, friend. And I know for a fact, Sister Belinda Rowe and Dr. Paula and Jay and Otis and his nephew and a whole bunch of us that I met in Chicago, we're doing a two-step. So one more step closer. Good times coming. But whenever there's good times, there's always some egghead trying to slow you down throw us some roadblocks. So hang in there, fellas. It's going to be all right. Good job, y'all. Keep pressing forward. All right. Whenever I need some balanced stuff, I look for my friends that are way smarter than me. And one of them out of North Carolina is John Richardson. His blog, Only Guns and Money, blogspot.com, I believe. I have a link to it to his article, which I shall read for you, gives us what happened after the ruling. On the anti-side, this is what he writes. Didn't take long for the Chicago Sun-Times to call upon Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan to appeal the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruling in the joint cases of Moore versus Madigan and Shepard versus Madigan. In their lead editorial today, entitled Madigan Should Appeal Gun Ruling, the Sun-Times opines Illinois' status as the only state that does not allow for carrying of concealed loaded guns was threatened Tuesday when a federal appeals court gave the state 180 days to change its law. But that doesn't mean Illinois should immediately allow anyone who feels like it to start toting a pistol. Illinois' Attorney General Lisa Illinois' Attorney General Lisa Madigan, who said Tuesday that she is reviewing her options, should appeal the overboard ruling by the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And if the courts won't extend the deadline while considering the appeal, the legislature will have to craft a law that meets the court's standards while providing as many protections as possible for citizens who don't carry guns. 
the legislator might even be able to find a way, or legislature might even be able to find a way to continue banning concealed carry while rewriting the law to satisfy the appeals court, which said the current law doesn't rest on sufficient justification. Short of that, the legislature could consider a narrowly crafted law, such as that in New York, which is concealed carry in theory, but does not grant many permits. Reading their full editorial, one can't help but get the feeling that the editors of the Sun-Times are the residents of the 35th floor of the Park Tower, of whom Judge Posner said had less need for concealed carry than people living in rough neighborhoods. Frankly, I hope Miss Madigan does pull a Adrian Fenty and appeal the ruling. Without the hubris of former Washington, D.C. Mayor Adrian Fenty, we would never have had the Heller decision confirming the Second Amendment protects an individual right. Likewise, without cases like this, one being appealed, we will never get a decision from the Supreme Court on the right to carry outside the home. Thanks, Big John. Always get that extra kick in there. Good stuff. And that's our news for the day. And there's a small family-owned company of Americans that make hybrid holsters. You heard them as crossbreed holsters. They come out of Missouri. They make some good stuff made by blending leather and Kydex together. It's the best of both worlds for concealed carry and comfort. They've been copied by the big name companies in product, but not in character. We actually connected because of our faith. And it was truly a God thing for me because one of my first friends on Facebook was the founder, Mark Craighead. One of our mutual friends is an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. You know him, the gun rabbi. And he wanted to buy a holster to support the the show and everything, but he didn't want a Christian cross that is part of the logo on his holster. That's reasonable, right? Well, he contacted Mark and asked if they could make a change for him. And Mark made it happen. And the rabbi was really happy about it too. You know, the Jewish people that support the right to keep and bear arms in America have it as tough as black people do, actually. So having a holster custom made for you might not be a big deal for you, but it meant the world to the rabbi and me. That's integrity. That's customer service. That's community. That's America. Now, unfortunately, we lost our friend. He passed away, went home to be with the Lord, but his legacy and place in my heart is timeless. I will continue to support and advertise, promote, and market crossbreedholsters.com for as long as I can. They are family. If you're looking for a concealment system, check out their website at crossbreedholsters.com. All right, next up, Barbara is going to give us some security tips. Hey, Urban Shooter. With the rush and whirl of the holiday season, sometimes it's just easy to forget to stay alert while rushing and whirling, especially in parking lots. When I attended an Archangel Tactical training session in the Atlanta area last summer, I sat in on a session taught by Claude Werner, a retired Army officer who served in Airborne, Ranger, and Special Forces, commanded a Special Forces A-team, and more. 
now an NRA-certified instructor for pistol, rifle, shotgun, and more, and former chief instructor at the elite Bill Rogers Shooting School, Claude is a four-gun master in the International Defensive Pistol Association and an expert on defensive shooting. He presented tips on staying alert and staying safe, similar to what you'd probably learn in a refuse-to-be-a-victim course offered by the National Rifle Association, for which he also is certified to teach. Let's put it this way. Claude is a wiry, small-framed guy that you would not want to meet if you were a big bad guy. It'd be over in a few seconds, and Claude would probably be the one calling 911. So, Claude pointed out the problem with big parking lots, that they draw predators like flies to honey, and that honey is you folks. There you are, talking on your cell phone, packing away your purchases in the trunk with your back turned, or loading the baby into the car. All things that drop your awareness level just significantly. Claude recommends that the first thing you should do when you pull into a parking lot is drive around the perimeter of it to see if you notice anyone sitting in a car that is strategically parked for observation purposes. Chances are, it ain't a legal stakeout in place. Make note of any unusual activities anywhere in that parking lot. And the safest place to park? If you can find one, put your driver's side door next to the cart holder in the lot. That way, you have all that space between you and someone wanting to harm you. Also, Claude says not to park next to a van if you can help it, especially a van without windows, you know, like a delivery van. That's when you step out, the van door slides open, and bam, you're gone. So with these little safety tips in mind, and of course, you know always to be scanning the lot, especially when you pack up and then when you start traveling home, because hey, if you're a single woman or a mom with a bunch of little ones, you are bait for these cretins. With these safety tips in mind, go shopping and don't forget to watch your rearview mirror. Hey folks, you know, it doesn't get any worse than what I lived through for three years in Great Britain when my husband was an exchange officer at RAF Cranwell and we always had to check the wheel wells of our van for those half-gallon ice cream containers, courtesy of the IRA, that held enough explosives to blow us to the moon. And the kids always thought mommy was checking the inflation level of the tires. So this holiday season, remember, it's much better to be vigilant and save yourself from having to deal with that nasty piece of work than save a few seconds, get home, and find that that nasty piece of work is pulling up behind you in your driveway. Now, wasn't this cheerful? Hey, are you still looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for that male or female shooting enthusiast on your list? Check out what our wonderful advertisers offer at womensoutdoornews.com. In fact, we even made it easy for you this week in a special feature on our advertisers and what we recommend. And hey, thanks, Ken. No problem. Merry Christmas. Hey, I've been to many gun shops in my lifetime, and almost all are dusty, musty, and have the heads of dead animals on the wall somewhere. Here's a gun shop that does not. It's located in historic old Herndon, Virginia, 795 Center Street. They're near a barber and a place called Tina's Hair Salon. And they've become supporters of the Urban Shooter Podcast and keep me abreast of all the latest arms, blades, and bullets. Here's Malcolm to explain something about some AKs that came in that are pretty cool. There'll be pictures on the show notes for number 299. <laughs> and thus it begins. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. I know, man. I know. We knew it was going to Malcolm, what you got today, buddy? Hey, kid, I got a couple of new Arsenal AKs we just brought in. All right. 
These are both Arsenal 106s. They are in 223 or 556. Uh, this is. We'll edit. This is a 106 FR. Uh, it's designed after the AK 100 platform. Right. So it's in the American 556 NATO round. It's got the traditional AK-74 style muzzle brake, which is a very effective brake. Yeah, it is. And it's also got the folding stock. It's also got scope rail on the side if you wanted to mount optics on there. The scope rail comes right up over the top of the cover, and then you can put whatever you want on there. And then this... 106 variant. This is styled after the Soviet Krinkov, which is their real short carbine. Um, again, it's in 5.56, so no problem finding ammo for it. And, of course, semi-auto only. But what they've done is they've lengthened the barrel to make it legal. Uh, so it's a 16-inch barrel. There are a couple of things you can do. It is threaded under this cover. You can unscrew the cover and you could get uh, a shroud to go over the barrel if you didn't just want the bare barrel sticking out of there. And then there are a lot of people who will buy this and register it and then SBR it. But like the other one, it's got the side folding stock. It's got the scope rail on it. It's got the traditional Krinkoff style sight set where the feed cover, the cover doesn't come all the way off, it just pivots up out of the way. And it's got the correct sights on it too. It's a very nice rifle. The caliber is what? Now this is a 5.56 NATO. You know, the same 5.56 cartridge that you'd use in any M4 variant or, you know, a Ruger Mini 14 or something like that. What's the recoil on something like this? It's very low. It's a really soft shooting cartridge. Um, the AKs, they're all steel guns. There's no aluminum to them. So it's got a good bit of weight to it. So if you shoot it, um, you're not going to perceive very much recoil at all. All right, man. appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. All right. There's nothing wrong with your ears. It went into mono mode because I'm still working out the kinks of my system. I'm sorry. You can slap my hand. Yeah. Won't let that happen again. Hi there, this is B.B. King. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas, Mr. King. Hey, I found something. I'm going to let you check it out. Hopefully I can do a video of this very same speech coming up next. You know, there comes a time in every man's life when he stops busting knuckles and starts busting caps. And usually... It's when he becomes too old to take a butt whooping. I don't carry a gun to kill people. I carry a gun to keep from being killed. I don't carry a gun to scare people. I carry a gun because sometimes this world can be a scary place. I don't carry a gun because I'm paranoid. I carry a gun because there are real threats in the world. I don't carry a gun because I'm evil. I carry a gun because I've lived long enough to see the evil in the world. I don't carry a gun because I hate the government. I carry a gun because I understand the limitations of the government. I don't carry a gun because I'm angry. I carry a gun so that I don't have to spend the rest of my life hating myself for failing to be prepared. 
I don't carry a gun because I want to shoot someone. I carry a gun because I want to die at a ripe old age in my bed and not on some sidewalk somewhere tomorrow night. I don't carry a gun because I'm a cowboy. I carry a gun because when I die and go to heaven, I want to be a cowboy. I don't carry a gun to make me feel like a man. I carry a gun because men know how to take care of themselves and the ones they love. I don't carry a gun because I feel inadequate. I carry a gun because unarmed and facing three armed thugs, I am inadequate. I don't carry a gun because I love it. I carry a gun because I love life and the people who make it meaningful to me. You know, police protection is an oxymoron. Free citizens must protect themselves. Police do not protect you from crime. They usually just investigate the crime after it happens and then call someone else to clean up the mess. Personally, I carry a gun because I'm too young to die and too old to take a butt whooping. Guns, comedy, inspiration, entertainment, education, Americana. The Urban Shooter Podcast with Pastor Ken Blanchard. Follow him on Twitter at K-E-N-N-B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. Yeah, baby. I got two things I want you to check out before we check out tonight. Buyer Barrels, that's B-E-Y-E-R, barrels.com. Always on target. My man Clint makes these lightweight rimfire barrels for your 1022 and your AR-15. Check out Clint Buyer at buyerbarrels.com. Check him out on Facebook, too. Good stuff. Actually, he lives in the land of uh, Twilight. Mm-hmm. If you're a Twilight fan, his shop is probably next to where one of those wolves hang out at. True story. If you're into motorcycles, check out MobileMotorsportsSolutions.com. That's a mouthful. MobileMotorsportsSolutions.com. A friend of mine is cranking out this new company that's making accessories and really different motorcycles, like four-wheel bikes. Check it out. And one of the cool things that happened this week is somebody actually donated some money to the Blanchard Chapel Fund. And uh, I got 1% of what I asked for. I had to do my calculations. I appreciate that one person who did the $50. That means um, I'm 1% closer to building a chapel. If I haven't talked to you this week, either on Facebook, you can find me on Ken in Blanchard. On Twitter, same thing. Um, on the website, blackmanonthegun.com or just by phone just want to say thank you and hope you're having a good season hope things are going okay it's pretty crazy out there and I'm glad that you're on my side just in case I don't hear from you or see you between now and the new year I wish you a very Merry Christmas Happy Hanukkah seasons, greetings and whatever you celebrate even if there's nothing at all I wish you peace. I thank Crossbreed Holsters for their friendship and support. I thank my friends at Nova Armament. Thank you, Malcolm, for being on screen with me. 
you'll see the video for $2.99 since the audio was so bad. To my friends of the Freedoms Network, it's our own little mini social media thing. People like uh, ModernSelfProtection.com and GunfighterCast, Slow Facts, Blog, and the Road Gunners podcast, they're all there. And you're welcome to come too. Remember, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Until next week when it's my 300th episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Wow. Thank you for rolling with a brother. Shalom, baby. about the show. Join the forum on blackmanwithagun.info or comment on the show notes on kenblanchard.com. Your squad is ready for you to lead them through with Johnny 7 OMA you charge. Fire grenade. Bullseye for Johnny 7. Watch out, tank. Fire anti armor shell. Fire anti tank rocket. Johnny Seven's got him on the run. Johnny Seven fires bullets like a rifle. Fires like a Tommy gun. Now it's a cap firing pistol. You've won with Johnny Seven, the one man army gun. It's seven guns in one. Let's count them. One is a grenade launcher. Two anti armor gun. Three anti tank gun. Four bullet firing rifle. Five Tommy gun, six anti-bunker gun, seven cap-firing pistol. There's no other gun like it, to be sure. Look for Johnny Seven, OMA, the one-man army by Topper.